Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days he would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land he gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Ramble, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out to what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggard. Now let me say that again. We walked with God as the prophet of God this many years, and to think that I didn't know the Father. But after he began to, over the next few days, deal with me, and I began to realize that we know the Son, we know the Holy Ghost, through what we call the New Testament, which we have as Christians, before knowing us to feel that we are part of the ten lost tribes of Ephraim, we believe that we were away from not having to fulfill the things within Torah. In other words, each of us, I think all, all of us in this room, but maybe uh, the exception of just a, a couple of us here, uh, was told that we were not to present ourselves into the Old Testament. So that was a history book, and that's all that God wanted us to have with it. Now, we have the New Covenant. Amen? But as I said a couple weeks ago here, I begin to show us by the Word of God, by His Word, and that's the only way things can be ever be changed, is we found out that the New Covenant was not given to what we call the Christians or the new saints, but the New Covenant was actually given by God unto Israel. And what did He say He was going to then do? He was going to come out of the box called the Ark, which we call the Ark of the Covenant, come out of the box, and He was going to write his commandment, his word, his statute, his ordinances upon man's heart and upon his, in his mind. And then we begin to try to distinguish who is and who isn't Israel. Who is Israel? And I think that beyond a shadow of turning tonight, we can all understand that if you became a Christian, you became Israel. You became Israel. Just as when they came out of Egypt, as I told you, 600,000 men came out of Egypt. We're taught by the Scripture, but we also find something else out, that if you go back and try to multiply that all out, you'll find out there had to have been a lot of Egyptians left with them. And when they came to Sinai, when they came to the place of the mount, when they came to the place to receive from God, we find out that God took those that were had so journeyed with them the strangers. And he said that if they would in fact come in, if they would keep Torah, in fact his word again was, and I said it already this evening, if they keep Shabbat, Sabbath, keep it undefiled, keep it holy, because you see that's a covenant that God gave with us forever. That if we would do that and keep his commandment, then that did what? That made us Israel. So we, what we have found out, that we have somehow been stolen away from us our rightful heritage for numbers, well, let's, let's just talk about almost 2,000 years. And now all of a sudden, Ephraim's being called home. Judah was established. Now Ephraim is coming home. And now we are hearing in a world that goes beyond what you're hearing here tonight. We're hearing in a world that God is speaking by His Spirit unto the people. And he's calling forth Ephraim. And all over the face of the earth, this is beginning to happen. And it's going to keep on happening. 
And it's going to keep on happening. And it's going to keep on happening. And the Rahakodesh, the Holy Ghost, is going to come strong in this movement. It's going to explode. This is the Elijah movement. This is it. This is going to, that's where the rivers are going to open up again. They're going to walk across on dry land again. And people look and they say, oh, well, I don't believe that. Keep on believing it. That's fine with me. Just come and watch when it happens. Amen? Come and watch when it happens. So we must, we, we have to be, we have to be, and you listen to me closely because I don't want you to misunderstand to make you think that you are better than. That's not what this is. But because this movement, as relatively as new as it is, that came to us not because I read a book or you read a book or somebody watched on television. It came by the Spirit of God to me to move this whole organization into Judaism. And my, the stir we have caused. The stir that we have caused. But you see, if God's in it, it'll be all right, won't it? And I'm here to tell you, it's all right. So we must be able to be deep enough into God's Word to begin to give answers. When people begin to ask, we need to be able to supply the answer. If you can't supply the answer, guess what? It doesn't make things look very well, does it? So what does that cause us to do? Study. And study. And keep studying. Find Proverbs 4. Keep my commandments and live. The fourth verse. And this is where I got this from when I was reading this. He says, He taught me also and said unto me, let, let thine heart retain my words. And I want, uh, before I read that last part, I, I want to stop there because you see, your heart has to retain God's words. Your heart has to. You can sit in a pew. You can sit in front of a television. You can sit reading a book. You can sit reading the scripture. And you can go over it and over it and over it and over it and over it again. But until your heart retains that word, until it retains it, until it stays there, you don't have anything with God. So you really don't have anything. And now, now the reason I can say that is very simple because we all know Christians that bless God that they're Christians on school night or church night. But after that or church day. But after that, you can't tell them from the heathen. See, the word, the word has not remained settled in their hearts. Now, the rest of that just keeps saying, says, I mean, keep my commandments and live. Now, you need to underline that if it's not underlined in your Bible. And the reason being, obviously, is that's a reminder to you that we are going to have to keep the commandments and live. What happens if we don't keep the commandments? Life, death. Living, dead, living, dead. All kind of promises come by the Word of God. The third chapter of the same Proverbs, in the first verse, it says, My son, forget not my law. Wonder why, wonder why, by the Spirit of God, it was given here, forget not my law. Do you think God thought that maybe man would forget it? We have. See, as I said, that. The Bible specifically says that the Gentiles, now again, we've identified what we believe the Gentiles are. We have identified the fact that we as Ephraim, 
the ten lost tribes have been scattered. And through the scattering, we have now gathered ourselves into Christian organizations because the Spirit of God, that same draw of Ephraim, come home, is, has flown across the face of this earth, and we have gathered ourselves, and there has been a blinding that happened to us as Christians, of which I have taught you, some of which was done in Rome because they helped to blind us by simply telling us you could not be a Christian and a, a Jew at the same time. And after they killed enough of us, we decided to agree with them. Amen? Ouch. That hurt, didn't it? Forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Now again, talking about the heart keeping the commandments. There's something very strong and something very important about God taking the time here to say, let thine heart keep my commandments. Because again, if it's not in your heart, you may do it for a week. You may do it for a month. You may do it for six months. You may do it for a year. But if it's not in your heart, guess what? Somewhere along the line, you'll stop keeping the things of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's the way faith comes. And to have faith, then we must hear, and 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 we could go on with that, but we must hear God's Word. But it goes further than hearing, doesn't it? It goes further than that. It has to get to the place where it becomes second nature to us. That's a, that, 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 goes, that goes back with, with, with the fringes, with these fringes. It goes back because, you see, this is a reminder to us that it, we might re, we look down and see this and may remind us of this. When we look at it, that reminds us to keep, not to go whoring after our own eyes, not to lust after the things of this world, but to remember and keep the things of God. You see, God's principles aren't all that difficult to understand because God is interested in His people. You realize that being God's people, we are special. We are special. Because I'm going to tell you, the Muslims cannot say that. The Hindu cannot say that. The other religions, the Buddhists cannot say that. They'll say, oh, we're special. And now, like I said, I travel this world and I give them an opportunity to show me just how special they are. If your God is so special, let's see your God open up some blind eyes in the name of your God. Guess what? The name of their God can't do squat. Can't do anything. Can't do a thing. But our God. Amen? So as we're learning and we're understanding that the Gentiles that are lost, look out, we're not lost anymore, are we? There's some of them out there still lost, but they're going to, this thing is going to spread like wildfire. He said, well, how long? Maybe ten years. Maybe less. But it's going to keep going. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep growing. It's going to keep growing. Why? Because the power of God's anointing, the anointing of God is going to settle upon this thing. And we're going to see the, 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 the mirror, the things that I have seen shadows of for years, we're going to see manifest. I can't wait, brothers and sisters. I know how many years, from 20 years ago, God took me in a vision. And I saw in front, in front of, today we'll call it in front of the Bema, I saw a pitcher of water set covered with an anointed hanky. I saw as that water turned to wine to take what we call Kaddish, Holy Communion. 
I thought. I have waited. I, I, there was a point in time here not too many years ago when the prophetic ministry was, was strong in me. I thought, now, that we must be very close. In fact, I may have even commented a time or two that we were close to seeing the water turn to wine. But God never spoke, never told me to, to proceed with it. I'm telling you that the day will come when you will see the water turn to wine and we will take the dish before a holy God. And people say, well, I don't believe any of that. That's fine. Fine with me. The fact of it is, we're going to see it. We're going to see the cloud that Moses, Moshe, stood in, in the midst of. It's going to appear again. Just like I've seen the three times it's appeared to me where other people could see it. You know, we've got a lot of charismatic and Pentecostal talk about, well, you ought to have been there, brother. The cloud rode in. I want to see that cloud when it rose in. You can talk spiritually. We have a cloud roll in here spiritually every time we have a meeting. But I'm talking about a physical manifestation of God. Something that blesses God, that sets God back where God is. God is not something that is taken for granted. God is God. He is the Creator. When He said, let there be light, there was light. Buddha didn't say, let there be light. You know, they're, they're, very, they're very brazen until it comes their turn to produce things that their God does. Very brazen other religions are. As I said, whenever their God can produce what my God can produce, I'll become whatever it is they are. Until then, I would greatly suggest that they become what I am. Because traveling this world, I've yet to see anybody come close to producing what our God produces. And God knows we have been sorely tried. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Now listen, for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. You need to underline that. What is going to add length of days, long life and peace? Keeping the commandments of God in that it is in your heart. So see, it's not just enough to say, well, I keep God's Word. Listen closely. You have to eat it, sleep it, walk it, talk it. See, again, as we, as we, we, we begin to, to talk about when we was there in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 11, was we do what? When we rise in the morning, when we're walking, when we're going to bed, we are constantly talking and speaking about the things of Torah, the things of God. That is our rightful place. And I believe that God has made us all ministers, and we are all to be that way. To be a minister, you have to know what you're saying to people, don't you, when it comes to God's Word. So we see here, then, that he says he'll add this to. Now listen to the third verse. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. There's the heart again. So shalt thou find favor and good standing in the sight of God and man. He said the sight of God and man. Now the fifth and sixth verses here, we practically know by heart as Pentecostal charismatic people. We understand to trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. That's a promise from God. But you see, when you don't understand all that God has for you to do, guess what? You can't do all that God has for you to do, can you? Wisdom is not worth anything without knowledge. You know what I'm telling you? Wisdom isn't worth anything without knowledge. Knowledge has to come to us. And we have to receive the knowledge and understanding as God begins to, to, begins to, un, uh, to, to unroll that to us by the Rahakodesh, the Holy Ghost. 
we have to begin to receive that, nurture that, and bring it forth. In other words, it is a learning process. But at the same time, until revelation comes. Now, revelation knowledge is knowledge that comes by the, by the Spirit of God. It is not a, a knowledge that comes uh, by a written piece of paper. That's the reason the, the, the Scriptures is inspired by God. God breathed, if you will. That's the reason when a certain piece of knowledge... Look, look now how all the Scripture now that we have studied for years and years and years have now opened themselves up and have now presented themselves to us in a whole entire different way now. See, there is no other book on the face of this earth that has ever been written or will ever be written that will do that. Once you read uh, War and Peace, you've read it, if you ever got through it. Okay? Gone with the wind, gone with the wind. You can read that thing a dozen times and it comes out the same every time. But you pick up these ho the Holy Scripture and you let the Spirit of God, the Rahakodesh, begin to deal with your heart. I'm telling you, all kinds of things can happen. Why? Because it's a living, it's a living entity. It isn't something dead. It's not, it's a, again, my words, the Lord Yeshua said, are spirit and life. They're spirit and life. When the anointing of God comes out of the anointed vessel of God, you begin to feel the spirit and life of God. And I pray that you can feel that tonight in this room. The spirit and the life of God that's flowing out of me to you. Because that's what's happening here. The anointing of God is dealing that which I placed into my heart that I'm so willingly to give to you. So willingly that you might have the understanding and the wisdom that God has given to me. And that's what it causes us to grasp onto. That's what causes us to bring and to bring forth. And as I said, as God has birthed every movement that there's ever been on the face of this earth, so shall He birth this movement. No man, no organization, no church. Yes, Judah's not happy with us. But i got news for Judah. They better move over. Because we have come and we are going to provoke them to jealousy. Just like I what what's the blue? Where what's that blue thread? What hey, we don't wear blue thread in our elite. I said, why not? We don't because we did we lost the die and it was a certain snail. By the way, that snail's supposed to be showing up again over in Israel, as I've read recently. But they lost this and 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 that's the reason we don't do it. It isn't kosher. I said, oh, blue's blue. Well, it's not the right blue. I said, you show me in Torah where God specifically said a kind of blue and I'll put that blue in there. They can't tell you that. Now, they can go to they can go to the Talmud. They can go to some, some, I'm sure, some very known rabbis, some of the sages that somewhere in history sat down and decided that it was going to have to come from a snail and be a certain color. But I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters. It ain't not in the Torah. If we're going to keep Torah, let's keep Torah. If we're going to keep something that man wants to keep, then let's keep what man wants to keep. But God warned us about that. He warned us about letting man's mind come in and try to deal in the God realm. Can't do it. Amen? Man's mind cannot deal in the God realm. Never meant to scare the turkey out of you to deal in the God realm. God's got a way of dealing. 
Sometimes we don't like it very well. I, I gotta get, get going here. We're gonna have a 14 parter here out of a one night sermon. Matthew four, uh, Matthew five. Turn, turn to Matthew five. Let's go to the New Testament. I, I think, and we'll come back in, in and out of the Old Testament here this evening, but I, I want you so much to, to, to grasp onto the, the fact that in your heart, in your heart, that's where this has got to get placed is in your heart. See, there, there's a loving kindness. Torah, Torah gives all of those things that we've never had to us. But we have to know what they are before we can keep them. Amen. Matthew 5.17. Now listen closely. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am come to destroy but to fulfill. Who's speaking here? Yeshua. Jesus. He says, think not that I've come to destroy the law. Well, well wait a minute. Well, now, 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 I know what, now, but, uh, but Paul... Now, remember what I told you about Paul. you got to go back over there and remember what Peter said about Paul. you got to be careful, this guy, Paul. He's a Pharisee, you know. And he's learned in the things of God, in the Torah, the law. You have to be careful about him because he is so smart in this thing that the unlearned will misunderstand him. Hello, unlearned. And oh, we're so smart, aren't we? I'm not going to be a Jew. No, not me, man. They've got all the troubles they need. And I don't need their trouble. i got enough of my own. Well, if I keep saying this, this, this man, Yeshua, Messiah, Son of God, he was, he is a Jew, he's coming back as a Jew, he's setting up a millennium reign as a Jew, and they're still going to keep the feast in spot. Amen? Now, other than that, you're pretty safe. As I said, the, the Jews don't want us. The Christians, they're afraid of us. It's unheard of. Well, I'll get used to it. It's not all that bad. I mean, after all, there's something good about it, isn't there? See, we're reaching out and we're finally, 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 peace is coming to us. Because finally, the, the blindness which Ephraim has had, the northern kingdom, is now leaving. And oh, how nice it is to see clearly. Hmm? Jesus said, look, he said, I'm not come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy but to fulfill. And you know, I've already, we've already spoken, but it's important that you understand what he came to fulfill. He came to fulfill the most important part of the law for mankind. Once and for all, he became the sacrificial lamb. And as we just came through Pesach and we and at Passover and we went through all that and we began to show you how that he fulfilled it all to the letter of the law. He became that. Once and for all, he did what the first Adam couldn't do. He being the second Adam came, laid his life down. No man took it laid himself down, laid himself upon the execution stake that he might once and for all become the sacrificial lamb for all of mankind, that we can have we can have life eternal through him. That's the thing that he fulfilled. We, we, we read that saying, he came and he fulfilled, this is as Christians now, came and fulfilled and now we don't have to keep the law no longer. You know, for as smart as we're supposed to be, we sure can get dumb. 
that's blinded. See, you can't see Israel has been blinded in part, the Scripture says, because of their unbelief. But Israel is beginning to see. And I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, I'm uh, uh, amazed to watch what God is doing. You know, I, as I said, uh, uh, Stephen and I, which Stephen's uh, son is here with us from Barbados. In fact, Stephen will be up next Wednesday. You'll see Stephen. Um, we belong to the Caribbean Jewish Congress, and uh, that that's very interesting that they would that, that, that you know they they took us in believing that we are Gentiles. They they uh, of course then found out that I was a blood Jew. Found out in fact that Stephen was a blood Jew. Our family line. Well, then that got me interested. And the next thing I knew, so I began to study the scripture. It didn't make no difference. You can trace your family line back to, back to Jesus Himself if you want to, and if you can, that's wonderful. But I'm here to tell you still, if you've received Messiah, you keep Shabbat and you don't defile it and keep the commandments. You're a Jew. The other part is, y'all just keep looking in the mirror. Keep looking in the mirror. For verily I say unto you, the eighteenth verse, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Why would he have said that? You know, we must have really been asleep. He said, I'm here to tell you till heaven and earth itself pass. He said, he says, not one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from what? The law. What law? Well, that's Jesus' law, Brother Deckard. Everybody knows that. And Jesus said what? I am not more important than my Father, not higher than my Father, not mightier than my Father. I don't do anything except that which the Father tells me to do. Nothing. I don't do anything that He doesn't tell me to do. What He tells me to do, I do or I say. You see, this is, this is what sets this all apart. Jesus wasn't, He was there saying, now listen to the 19th verse, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these uh, these least commandments and teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Boy, I'm telling you, we got a lot of least people, don't we? What we call the, the, the Christian movement. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on to say, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, why is he saying that? Because you understand something. The Pharisees and the scribes were standing telling them how to do it. Now, what, now, what I gave you earlier in Proverbs, I hope you can now remember, because I, I tried to make sure you understood it was a heart thing. The Pharisees and the scribes did not have God's Word attached to their hearts. In other words, what they were doing was going around, doing their much praying, their much talking, their much this, their much that, and then they were not keeping the law themselves. And if you'll study and, and you'll begin to look, you'll find out, especially when Jesus gets back to all the woe be unto you part, okay, that evidently he wasn't real happy. Now, I do realize that uh, there were two different sects that were operating there in Judaism at that time, and Jesus was from one side, and the Pharisees uh, and the scribes would have been from a different uh, different sect of that. And, and part of what he was doing and teaching there was trying to come back at that, and he did it effectively in a number of scriptures. But we're not going to get into that. That's another study. So we're beginning to see, though, that he's saying, except to exceed the righteousness of them. 
In other words, if you, you just, in other words, it just is not calling yourself a Christian. It's not just calling yourself a Jew. It's not that at all. It's the Word of God attached to your heart, you being a partaker of that and you doing that. And that's where the excitement of all this is, that if it worked for then, it'll work now. Turn with me in Deuteronomy 5. Deuteronomy 5. And in the one verse here, 29. Deuteronomy 5, 29. Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children how long? Forever. What a promise. You hear how you hear how God is crying out, Oh, that there was such a heart in them. What kind of a heart? That they would fear him. See, I, I've said and you've heard most of you in this room have heard me say for years, we don't fear God anymore. The fear of God is far from us as calling ourselves the church. The fear of God is going to come back. The fear of God is going to come back, but it's going to come into the Messianic movement, into the synagogues, not the churches. Because we are going to produce the anointing of God above and beyond, and through that, people are going to begin to fear God again. The fear of God causes us to walk a lot closer to God than not, okay? But you see, and I, and I love the way he says, but, but, but the neat thing about this is, he says, that they would fear me, keep my commandments always, and then he goes on right to this. As you, they would just do that. He said everything would be well with them. And generational sin can be and is passed from generation to generation. And of course, you can't take care of those kind of things until you can become honest enough with yourself that you have a generational sin. See, a lot of us don't know it's generational because dad or granddad or great-granddad didn't bother telling us that that was their problem also. We think that we can hide, but you can't hide from God. Somebody say amen. Deuteronomy 11 while you're amen, okay? Your Bible about fall open to that by now. I'll, of course, if I were to use that instead of trying to read out of my paper, we'll straighten that up. Deuteronomy 11, 8 and 9. Therefore shall you keep all the commandments. How many of the commandments shall you keep? If you keep 50% of the commandments, you can, com you can commit yourself to 50% of blessings. See, some of us think we're doing so well because we show up. See, some of us do. Some of us think we're doing so well because we prayed one prayer this week. As we're trying to teach you, you need to pray twice a day, three times if you can, and you need to show up at the schoolhouse for study. Okay? And I love it now that we've got, you know, we're into this thing where this thing is starting to, what I've said for years, you know, I made, I've, I've upset a lot of people because this is, this is a place to learn. This isn't, this isn't a place to come and act holy. This is a place to learn. This is a place to learn so you can take what God is teaching you for the Rahakodesh, for the Holy Ghost home, and you can apply it to your home and your family. That's what this is. This, this, this isn't a, this isn't an, oh, let's get happy particular time. If you can't be, if this is the only time you can be happy, and joyous because you know the joy of the Lord is our strength and if the only time you can have that is when you come to church then, then, then you need prayer you need help because see the gospel isn't just in four walls he come out of the box amen he said I'll write my laws upon their hearts and upon their minds isn't that exciting he said therefore you shall keep all the commandments which I command you this day that you may be strong 
and go and possess the land whether you go to possess it. Now, if you keep the commandments, you're going to be strong being able to possess the land. Let's say today that that land that we're trying to possess is a, is a land of a, that has a good job. Okay? That, that, that's the, you, you can, you can take that and apply that that way. See, sometimes we don't understand what that land is. Maybe it's health. Maybe it is a broken home. But the Bible, the Scripture promises us here that if in fact that it will keep all the commandment, which is commanded to us, that we will be strong and we'll go in and possess the land which you should go... Now, understand something. You have to go in and possess it. Many of us don't understand how to possess the land in which is ours. Most of us are out here, well, if it be thy will, Lord. God, if it be thy will, Father, in the name of Yeshua, I tell you, I'm going to tell you something. The devil is not going to roll over and play dead. You have to take authority. Yeshua taught us to take authority over the powers of darkness. You have to take. You have to take. You have to possess. If I was to give you something tonight, if I was to give you this lovely bouquet of flowers here, in order for you to take it, you would have to come up and possess it. Pick it up and take it home. God's Word is the same way. God wants you to possess. He wants you to possess your land. If it's a marriage, if it's, if, if it's a family, if it's a job, if it's if whatever it is, He wants you to possess it if it's health. And you have to possess it. The way you possess it is God's Word get into your heart and, and again, do what? Begin to exercise that. And that's faith that moves God. And in time, if you, the Bible says, if you faint not in due season, you shall reap. Too many of us have pre-decided or pre-judged when God is going to possess our land for us. And that's not what that says. God says we're to possess it. And I have taught for years and years and years the possession first happens in the supernatural realm. You're first healed supernaturally before the physical, carnal healing comes to your body. It comes as an afterthought, if you will. You believe, and it's done. When it manifests itself, it really doesn't matter. Well, it does to me, Brother Decker, because I happen to have a hurt back or hurt leg or hurt thumb or hurt this or hurt... No, it doesn't. The fact of it is, it will. You know, my, my whole theology behind that is, it will get better, but it may get worse to get better. Because the powers of darkness in 10.10 of John says that they come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you might have what? Life. And you might have it more abundantly. Now, now, if you want to, if you want to really get into that, then you can understand that you may have life and have it more abundantly through Torah. Because that's what we're getting to here tonight. If I can get you to it, Ephesians. No, let's see. I have to do the ninth verse. I, I had eight and nine there. And that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give unto them and to their seed, a land that floweth with milk and honey. So the Lord God has provided more than just a little, hasn't He? He has, provo- he has provided all that we need and then some. Now let's go over to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Again, and I will see, keep saying over and over until I'm released by the, by the Spirit of God to, to quit saying to you that we have to realize that, that the problem that was going on with Paul was the circumcision party insisted in order to be a Christian you had to be circumcised. That's what the argument was. Paul was telling them that circumcision availeth nothing. 
and his meaning nothing meant to get you to heaven. Receiving the Lord Yeshua and accepting him as Messiah is absolute in itself of you getting to heaven on that day. Okay? So in Ephesians 5.26, he says that he might sanctify and cleanse us with the washing of water by the word. Now, if that's not underlined, you should underline that in your Bible. Because we are sanctified. We're made holy. That's what that means. It means make holy. The only way that we're made holy is through the cleansing, being washed of water by the Word. The Word will cleanse you, will sanctify you. The Word will make us holy. See, again, it's not actions. And too often we're, 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 we get into these things, and I, I think I warned everybody that's in this room, and some of them that aren't here tonight, obviously, also at the same time, that you want to be careful. You want to be careful. You want to be very careful now because we seem to be wearing the keppas, we're wearing the, the talit, that, that we don't start seeing ourselves that, oh my, here we are, and there you are. Won't work. It won't work. Why? Because when we start feeling that way, we have brought ourselves just exactly where the Pharisees and scribes were. Look at us. Don't, don't look at what we do. Just look at us. Because we portray the holiness of God. Holiness, sanctification, comes through the cleansing by the Word. It's the only way you can be cleansed. The Word will cleanse us if, in fact, we will give it the time in order to work. Now, now let's go to Jeremiah, the 17th chapter. Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17, 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Now, there again, we spoke about it earlier. And here it is in Scripture, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. You know, Jesus warned us about something. I want you to hold your finger right there. I want you to turn with me in the 24th chapter of Matthew. Just hold your, put a marker there and turn over there to the 24th chapter. This, of course, is where Yeshua is beginning to talk about the things that are going to take place just uh, prior to His coming back to this earth, which we are this generation is of that, whereupon whom the ends are written. Now listen as he, as he takes place, and they, they start in the first four verses, they go through some things, they're asking him to give him a sign as to, about this. The first thing that he says then, uh, in that, well, read the third verse, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? Now listen, the first thing Jesus says, answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. First thing he said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Then he goes on down through there and he says it again. Take heed that no man deceives you. So, the deception of man. Again, in, in all a man's wisdom, there is nothing wise when it comes to being compared with the wisdom of God. There's nothing wise. The wisest man... Whoever the wisest man that you can think of on this earth, even Solomon himself, which was deemed to have been that, was nothing compared to God. And yet we have been able to gather ourselves together for generations, and we have decided that yes, you know, yes, as, as, as the church, we have said yes, we speak in tongues. They said no, we don't speak in tongues. Yes, we believe in healing. No, we don't believe in healing. Yes, we believe in miracles. No, we don't believe in miracles. 
And we have voted and we have challenged each other and we've debated God's Word and we've done all that we could do. We have raped the Word of God up one side and down the other and you want to know something? It didn't change the Word of God one iota. You cannot change God's mind because we as carnal men and women get together and try to decide what God said. That's the reason I said you have to be careful. You have to be careful. And you have to understand that this move of God is not based upon the opinion of men getting themselves together and trying to interpret what God said. This is going to be done by what the Torah has to say. If Torah says it, I want to do it. If Torah doesn't say it, I don't want nothing to do with it. Sixth verse. For he shall be like the heath of the desert and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness and the salt land and not inhabited. Now, who's going to do this? People that trusted in the Lord. I mean, in a man, I'm sorry. That's the curse that goes with that. Now, now stop and think about it. How many people do you know that have gone to church, been involved in synagogue all their lives, and it seems like that everything's going wrong all the time? They're sick. They got not any money. They're broke. They can't get a good job. They can't this. They can't that. Somebody knows somebody, surely. God forbid it be any of us. Amen. <laughs> But you see, that's the curse that goes with. Now, now, and here's what's dangerous. I've had people come to me and say, well, Brother Dickard, I, I go to the Baptist church. And? Well, we believe in speaking in other tongues, Brother Dickard, and they don't, they don't believe in that. You are a product of where you sit. I mean, you sit in an organization that believes one thing or don't believe something, and just because you believe different, you take the curse of what they don't believe with you too. And that's the way this thing works. Very few people understand that. But the fact of it is, that's the way it works. You are a product of that. You're a product of your home, your nation, your country, your church, your synagogue. You don't know any more than you've been taught. As smart as we think we are, we still don't know any more than we've been taught. And I, in, in our case, we've just seen here over the last six, seven months just exactly that come alive, haven't we? We were a product of what we call the church. And then all of a sudden, God began to open our eyes and we began to see as we've never seen before. And all of a sudden, something began to happen, didn't it? All of a sudden, we real, we, we, I realized, and I assume you have through me teaching you, that we trusted in man. We trusted a man to tell us, and we we believe. You don't have to keep Shabbat. You don't have to keep Sabbath. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeshua is your rest. Jesus is your rest. You don't have to keep Sabbath. And we believed that, didn't we? Again, and now look, 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 look how many of us couldn't be healed. Look at how many of us have been sick. Look how many of this. Look how many is that. That's what this is talking about. That's exactly what the prophet Jeremiah is saying to us. You're going to trust in man and not God's Word. Then you're going to look, you're going to be like you're in parched places in the wilderness, in, in a salt land and not inhabited. Seven says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Or the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see you when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Boy, that's a, that, that, that's, a, that's a real word. Those that's going to trust in God, those are going to trust in Him and have their trust in Him. Said so it doesn't matter what happens. See, that's the reason I keep saying to you, 
And I have prophesied by vision for years that there is going to come a great turmoil in this earth. The annihilation of which Judah experienced in, uh, in uh, Germany and in Europe is nothing compared to what's going to happen before the coming day of the Lord on this earth. But the important thing is to understand that if you have trusted in Him and you have not put your trust into man, God will hide you away and God will keep you and it will be as though it will be a type. Now listen closely. I didn't say you're going to fly off this earth. I said it will be a type of a rapture or a keeping or a catching you away into a safe place. The Bible says that we should pray that we'll be worthy to escape the time of tribulation. Of course, when you read that, the church says, well, that's for Israel. But you see, you can't separate the church and Israel. And I guess as a minister, that's the thing that probably got me in more trouble through the years than anything else. I keep going saying to the higher up, and I keep saying, how, I can't see how you can separate this thing. I didn't know how. I didn't know why it wasn't. I didn't have the, I didn't have the answers. But I said, how do, how do we know that this isn't Israel and this is the church? Have you been taught that? How do you know that? They couldn't answer. They didn't know either. You know what they did? <laughs> well, that's what that preacher knows. <laughs> Hallelujah, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> like I said, I should have been keeping Shabbat 15, 20 years ago. God's dealt with me, I suppose. I suppose harder. You know, I, I knew sooner or later that, you know, if he wanted me to do it, he'd get me around to it. But every time I deal with it, I, I think, oh man, I don't want to be like that bunch over there. We got all the trouble we need to act like the Seventh day Adventist. How, how many of you have been accused of being Seventh day Adventist? Some of you have been accused of not being saved now, haven't you? Now they're going to be trying to save us all over again. <laughs> That's comforting, isn't it? <laughs> well, I just ask them to pray for us. Ninth verse, the heart is deceitful above all things. Underline this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Boy, that's some, that's some feel. The heart is deceitful. I, the Lord, search the heart. I cry the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. He searches the heart. He searches the heart and He gives to every man according to His ways and according to the fruit of His doings. As the partridge sitteth on eggs and hatcheth them not, so he that getteth riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his days and at the end shall be a fool. A glorious high throne from beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all, thy, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed. And they that depart from me shall be written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. Behold, they say unto me, Where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. As for me, I have not, I have not hastened from being a pastor to follow thee. Neither have I desired the woeful day thou knowest. That which came out of my lips was right before thee. Be not a terror unto me. Thou art my hope in the day of evil. Do you understand what he's saying? Some of you need to really be sure that you mark these passages 
and cling to them. You should, you should read them and, and meditate on those and understand something. Brothers and sisters, this God is so mighty He can open up oceans. He's so mighty He raises the dead. He's so mighty that He brought manna from heaven and fed us when we were in the wilderness for 40 years. Gave us twice as much we needed on Friday that we could go through Shabbat and never miss a lick. Amen? Hallelujah. You have to trust Him. See, and this is where we're coming to. We're coming to a point in time where it's, it, it's a bit scary because we're going to have to trust God. We're finally coming to a point in time in the history between man and God that we're going to have to trust Him or we're going to be in trouble with God. Okay? Ezekiel 20, 18th verse. But I say unto their children in the wilderness, Walk ye not in the statutes of your fathers, neither observe their judgments, nor defile yourself with their idols. I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And how will my Sabbaths? And they shall be a sign between me and you that ye may know that I am the Lord your God. What's going to be a sign between you? It's going to be a sign because God's going to take care of you. See? If you, see, keep his Sabbaths. Keep them. That's a sign between you and him. That's what's neat about it. Uh, it's a sign between you and God. The Shabbat comes Friday evening at, at sundown. That is our covenant with God. He said to keep it holy. Don't defile it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When you start dealing in the holiness, and when you deal in the holiness, you've got to understand something. You're dealing with the holy God. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't take long for our carnal mind to catch up with the fact to know it to do good and to do it not, the Bible says is what? Sin. So when we begin to know, and see, this is, this is what, this is what makes trying to live God's way dangerous. is because you're responsible for what you know. You're responsible for it. I can teach you, and I, you know, I used to use the adage that I, I will teach you enough of God's Word that you'll choke on it, and I believe that's the truth. I don't think there's any areas that I haven't or can't teach into and haven't taught into. The problem gets to being that we get to thinking everything's going along fine, everything's doing well. But you see, the reaping, the sowing and reaping process sometimes takes time. Amen? Sometimes it takes time. Going into the 32nd verse, same chapter of Ezekiel 20, 32. And that which cometh into your mind shall not be at all that ye say. We will be as the heathen, as the families of the countries, to serve wood and stone. As I live, saith the Lord, surely with a mighty hand, with outstretched arm, and with fury poured out, will I rule over you. And I will bring you out from the people, and will gather you out of the countries wherein ye are scattered. With a mighty hand, with a stretched out arm, and with fury poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the people, and there I will plead with your, you face to face." Now, could that be, could that be uh, uh, Judah? Yes, it could be Judah. It also can be Ephraim. Okay? Because what I like about it is he's taking us into a wilderness, and he says he's going to do what? He says there, he said, I will plead with you face to face. Like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so will I plead with you, saith the Lord God. And I will cause you to pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of, of the covenant. What's he going to do? 
He's going to bring us to the bond of the covenant. One way or the other. The old story of it is we can do it the hard way or we can do it the easy way. But God says, I want to do it. Why? We're His. See, we have never decided that we're His. Somehow we belong to the local society clubs. We belong to the businesses that we own or we belong to the people we work with or we belong to our children or we belong to our homes. We belong to our wives or we belong to a synagogue. But we're wrong in all those counts. We belong to Yahweh, the Lord God. We belong to Him. We are His. He created you. See, He created you for this time. This isn't an incident or an accident that you and I sit here this night or and I stand before you this night as you sit here. This was all absolutely taken care of and done. We were, we were created to meet. God knew when He dealt with your heart. God knew when He created your heart. God knows what He's doing. Sometimes you and I don't know, do we? And I will purge out from among you the rebels. Listen. It's going to sound familiar. And them that transgress against me, and I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourning, and they shall not enter into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Some of you have, I mean, you can say all you want to say, but it's right there in black and white in my book. He said, I'll purge out from among you the rebels and them that transgress against me. We've been through a purging, haven't we? Did we not get purged before God brought us into this? Don't, don't get dumb now. You understand what's going on by the Word. I mean, this is the Word of God that I'm teaching you. This isn't something that happened by mistake. This is what God said. This is the way God does things. See, God does things in a consistent manner. As for you, O house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, ye should, ye, go ye, serve ye every one his idols, and hereafter also, if ye will not hearken unto me, but pollute ye my holy name no more with your gifts and with your idols. For in my holy mountain, in the mountain of the height of Israel, saith the Lord God, there shall all the house of Israel, all of them in the land, serve me. There will I accept them, and there will I require their offerings, and my first fruits of your oblation, with all your, with, with all your holy things. I will accept you with your sweet savor, when I bring you out from the people, and gather you out of the countries wherein ye have been scattered. I will be sanctified in you before the heathen. And ye shall know that I am the Lord, when I shall bring you into the land of Israel, into the country for which I lifted up my hand to give it to your fathers. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible.